Welcome to Sleep, Eat, Perform, Repeat with your hosts, David Clancy and Kieran Dunn. This is a podcast about high performance. What we are striving to achieve is to figure out what makes high performing individuals tick, why they do what they do and why they are successful. Enjoy a journey of stories, lessons and learnings. Welcome to Sleep, Eat, Perform, Repeat, episode number 90. Today spoke to Jake Kalfer, founder of the Professional Basketball Combine, author, business coach, and motivational speaker. We talk about the recent adjustment period and online and accessible projects, such as Elite Elevation and his coaching program. This is for freedom seekers, entrepreneurs, and coaches to expand and elevate their life through building a world-class network. Jake sheds light on the pursuit of dreams, success, and the process, and relishing those experiences. Have fun making mistakes, and the small wins, he says. Up and down days are discussed, and Jake's wisdom on this piece is worth the listen alone. This is the perfect time to drop this priceless episode after the Lakers win in the NBA. Listen out for the timeless story about Jake's encounter with Jerry West and the elevator. Keep elevating, stay positive, and thanks for joining us on our show, Jake. Jake, thanks for coming on the show. Where are you calling in from? Uh, guys, it's, it's great to be here. First of all, it's great to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm calling in from Los Angeles, California, over in the United States. And we're speaking to you all the way from Dublin, Ireland, Jake, and we're really looking forward to having a conversation together. You know, I'm, I'm a guy that just genuinely enjoys life and, and everything it has to offer. So, you know, for me, and during this time, when at the time of recording, you know, we're in the middle of coronavirus and um, you know, there's been a lot of ups and downs and adjustments and pivots and, and interesting experiences to say the least. But overall, you know, I, I couldn't be more grateful uh, for where I'm at and, and all of the work that we're, uh, that we're doing right now. And what's the biggest thing you've learned over this crazy and turbulent last six, seven months? That's a, that's a loaded question, my man. But I'd say, you know, for me, and I've been thinking a lot about this, and I've, I've had some great conversations around this is like, for me, one of the biggest things that I've learned throughout this time is that the most important relationship you can have in your life is the one with yourself. And that's about understanding who you are as a person, understanding where you want to go, understanding what success really means to you, understanding what your ambitions are, understanding what's important to you, understanding that we're all going to have at some point or another limiting beliefs. And it's not that we'll never have them, but it's what do we do when we have them and all of these different things. So for me, these, these couple of months really have been such a great time for me to have hard conversations with myself. And um, it's been it's been quite a journey, uh, to, to say the least. And tell us, Sheikh, what would you normally be doing if we weren't in such a strange time and pandemic? What's the day to day for Jake Helfer? Yes, working, working, and and, and enjoying it too. Um, but for me, you know, when I was when this first happened, it kind of started and it, and it got got pretty bad in the United States. For me, a lot of my business up to up to this point was uh, in the event space. So as a motivational speaker, every event that I was going to be doing over the next three, four months got postponed or canceled or rescheduled. So that dropped a big part of the business. And then you have what I, I run a NBA combine, a draft combine for secondary prospects, um, where we help NBA, uh, NBA draft prospects perform in front of scouts and executives and uh, have a chance to raise their stock, raise their, raise their um, interest levels amongst the, the global audience, specifically in the American game or in the NBA. And 
that event got put on hold and on pause. And unfortunately this year, we're not even going to be able to, to put it on as of, as of today. And so what I've really kind of focused on is, okay, with everything that we've been doing and everything that we've wanted to be doing, how do we now kind of adjust and dive deeper into some of the more online and accessible stuff? And so for me, I'm really excited because our, our, our new program, our coaching program called Elite Elevation is, is up and running. We've, uh, we've gotten off the ground. We have a coaching program where there's one-on-one access, and then we have the group coaching, which is more of the online access. And that program is designed for ambitious entrepreneurs, coaches, and, and freedom seekers who want to, uh, to, to expand and elevate their life through the power of, of building a world-class network. So it's been, like I said, it's been a journey. There's been a lot of adjustment, but we are in a, a wonderful place. And uh, it's, been a, it's been a blessing in that sense to really pause and reflect and think about where I'm going because for the first time in a few years, I wasn't jumping on an airplane. I wasn't moving around. I was staying stationary, staying still. And um, sometimes stillness is, is some of the best uh, medicine for somebody like me who has tons of energy and is always going, going, going. So it's a uh, lot to dive in there, a lot to unpack, but it's, it's definitely been a, a wild ride. And Jake, with the combine not happening, you know, being parked, how have you still managed to, in essence, stay ahead of the game to navigate all these challenges and still manage to come up with something really, really good? Yeah, I mean, when we talk about performance, right, and we talk about being able to, to get to that next level in your life, you always have to be prepared, right? And whether it's getting ready for the game, getting ready for business or in sports, right, you're preparing for the game. You got you to get prepared. You got to go through your routines. You got to go through your rituals. You got to do all, go through all the systems. But for us, when I, when I realized that this was happening and, and, and the NBA kind of moved their combine and, and our event was like, okay, this is probably not happening now. Maybe it's going to be pushed. We said, okay, what is the first thing that we can do? What we didn't do was wait and just hope things would change. We try to be as proactive as possible in understanding both with the combine and then also me personally as the, as the speaker, as the entrepreneur, as the coach to try to try to go in a few different ways. And so what we did was, and this was an idea from our our director of scouting, and he's an incredible, and this is something that I talk about in in leadership and entrepreneurship is being open and receptive to ideas, even when they're not yours. Because sometimes, even if you're the, the focal point of the business or you're the one that created it, right? And it's your baby. Sometimes people outside or sometimes people that aren't are a little bit closer can give some incredible ideas. And so our director of scouting came up with this idea to do a virtual scouting where we would bring on these guys who were candidates for our combine. We would bring them on and, and, and our director of scouting's name is John. He would jump on and break down film with them and talk to them. And basically what we were trying to do was give them a platform because just like in person, our event gives people a platform to get additional exposure. We will use the social media as a way to give these players additional exposure to NBA teams, to scouts, to media outlets, to give them a chance to promote why they deserve to play at the next level. And we broke down their film and we did a lot of these things and it was received really, really well in the beginning. So that was something really cool of how we took the situation and we just ran with it. And then for me, on the other side, encompassing everything under, under the Jake Kelfer branch is I was like, you know what? This is the first time I'm not traveling, where I don't have a plane ride every couple of weeks. I'm not staying in a bunch of different hotels. Let's sit down and come up with what's the long plan? What's Jake's definition of success? Has it changed since the last time I did this? And I really realized 
that, that I love coaching other people. And I was like, it's time to now develop out exactly what that program looks like and start to build the foundation so that once things pick up or as it, as it continues, this will be a foundational piece of our business. And so for me, that's been a, um, an incredible thing to develop and grow. And, um, you know, now we're, now we're full force with that. And, you know, once we get out of the situation, we'll have the combine back up and running. We'll have everything going full force and it's going to be, it's going to be the best we've ever been because of that readjustment and evaluation. And so, you know, for anyone that's listening, what I would say is like, there are always going to be things that happen to us that are out of our control, right? Whether it's an injury when you're playing, whether it's, whether it's uh, coronavirus, whether it's something that someone else does, there, there's always going to be outside factors that are out of our control. But I think it's so important for us to, to acknowledge the reality of a situation and to make the best decision um, to put ourselves in a place to succeed moving forward based on what we define success as. And if you're willing to do that, you can overcome any type of hardship or adversity and move forward in, in your life. Jake, I have to acknowledge you and tip the hat off to you. That's um, a wonderful message that you've just given us. And what's really coming through in spades here is, is the innovation and the creativity from, from you and your team. I mean, the ability to pivot, to adapt, to stay fluid, to strategize, and kind of recalibrate your vision moving forward. In terms of success, Jake, the question I have for you is to just move away from sport for a minute and to look in the optic lens at, at business. COVID has hit entrepreneurs, business people, people that have started up their own thing over the last couple of months. What advice or suggestions would you give to that group of people? Man, keep on bringing these great questions. I mean, these, these are good. Look, I think that, that when it comes to innovation, I appreciate that. And that's something that, that I, I always try to do, right? It's like, I'm a big believer that the only limits we place on ourselves are the ones that we place on ourselves, right? It's not, it's not defined by outside uh, expectations or outside uh, words. It's really done by what we decide is possible. And so when I think about that and I think about people who are starting business right now and, and entrepreneurs trying to figure out what to do, how to pivot, how to adjust, you know, I like to, I like to go back to, to something from good to great, um, something from the one thing, right? Some of these books all talk about the similar concept, which is the idea to figure out exactly what you love to do. What are you passionate about, right? What can you do that provides an incredible value and how can you make money doing that? And when you break it down to its most simplest form, there's a lot of ways to create value and give somebody a type of transformation that they're looking for. And so when it boils it down, when it comes down to the most simple truth, right, is figure out what you like to do and what you're really good at. What are you willing to share? What are you willing to spend your time doing? Figure out what other people need, what other people are asking for, what other people want. See where the overlaps and the commonalities are and then create something that defines the answer to those problems and creates a bigger transformation. Because in that process, not only are you going to get to have a better relationship with yourself, which is key, but you're going to start to have better relationships with other people, and you're going to start to have more freedom in your life as you grow your business and your life based on whatever it is that you seek to achieve. And so I think that that's something so, so powerful when it comes to entrepreneurship and business, especially when we're faced with adversity and things may not be going the way we wanted them to do. Uh, things may be getting shut down. Like it's a tough time. Nobody knows what's going on, right? But if you go back to the true fundamentals um, and provide somebody with something that's going to create a transformation, you're going to be a okay. 
Jake, speaking about transformation and speaking directly to the people who are in routine jobs or in a career that's not giving them a lot of energy, but yet they'd have identified something or an area that maybe they want to pursue, a path maybe they want to follow. What advice would you give them to be brave or take that first step forward into a new career or into a new venture? Another, another wonderful question. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. A lot of people think you need to take that leap of faith, right? You need to take that leap of faith. But let me, let me reframe that for a second here. And, and, and this is something that, and I have a lot of talks with my dad. He's one of my role models and one of my heroes. And, and, and we were talking about this concept of taking this leap of faith, which is sometimes so hard for us, right? We have this idea, but we just don't even know where to begin. And then we're saying, we just need to jump and go all in and just go for it, right? Well, what if instead of taking this leap of faith, we took a step of belief? If we took a step versus a leap, if we took a step of belief instead of a leap of faith, and what that means really is take the first step. You have the idea. That's amazing. Take the second step. What does it look like? Write down some ideas. Share it out. Talk with somebody. Ask somebody what they're, what they're looking for. Takes the small steps, right? We know that the best performers, and you previous guest, Alan Stein, he talks about this a lot, is being a master of the fundamentals, right? And all that we're trying to do here with this concept is you need to take that step of belief before you can take that leap of faith. Because the more you believe, the more you start to achieve small wins, the more likely you are to keep coming back. The more likely you keep coming back, the more likely you're going to get the results you desire. And so it starts with making tiny habits, tiny actions that lead to big changes, right? And you could look at all of these habit books, Kaizen, Atomic Habits, The Power of Habit, Tiny Habits, all these great books that are about habits and small steps. But that's the truth, right? Is a lot of times we can be so overwhelmed. Right? If we want to run a marathon, you can't just take a leap of faith and run a marathon without risking potential injury, right? But if you were to lay out your clothes the night before, to invest in a pair of running shoes, to go on a 10-minute walk, to run your first 5K, to, to, to eat right and get a nutrition plan, you do all of those things, by the end of it, the marathon's not going to be half bad. I'll give you a perfect example of, of something that I've done during, during coronavirus that, that hits this full on. I had this desire to, for some reason, um, to run a half marathon. Now, I'm no runner, and I, I did not really want to do this, but I, I had the desire to run a half marathon. So me, I was like, you know what? I'm mentally strong. I'm physically in great shape. I'm going to go for it. Now, I hadn't run more than three miles at a single time in a row, which meant over 10 more miles I was going to have to go, an additional quadruple of the distance. And so I picked up my bags one morning, and I, I walked out the door, and I just ran. I didn't have the right playlist. I didn't eat the right food. I didn't have the right shoes. I didn't even bring water. I just said, you know what? Let's go for it. After, the, after that, I felt good. The next week, I was really incredibly sore, right? There was that follow-up repercussions, right? I thought I was like, oh my gosh, like I did this. I'm, I'm the best. Like I was like feeling it. But then I got that pain and that pain lasted for a while, right? On the flip side, I said, okay, now let me try to do something where instead of just taking the leap of faith, I'm going to take the step of belief. So I was listening to David Goggins at the time, and he's the, the world record pull-up holder. And I said, okay, I'm going to do something. This is a great physical challenge. 500 pull-ups in five hours. That's exactly what I'm going to do. 500 pull-ups in five hours, which is a lot, right? And I gave myself a month, right? And you guys are like, wow, you're crazy, right? And, and, I, said, <laughs> right? and I was like, no, I'm going to do this. But instead of just trying to get up one day and do 500 pull-ups in, in five hours, I made a plan. I wrote it down. I looked at all the different strategies. Doing 10 pull-ups in a row 
50 times or doing two pull-ups or four pull-ups every two minutes, right? And I broke it down. I tried two different strategies. I would do 100 push-ups, 100 pull-ups in a day. Then I would try on the weekends to do 300, then 350. And by the time the actual day of the event came, my strategy was sound, my hydration was sound, my game plan was sound, and I finished in four hours and 13 minutes and could have probably done another 300 pull-ups. No soreness, nothing. I was ready to go, felt great, was able to enjoy a nice cold beer after, and it was wonderful. Here is the point of both of these things. What I've just given an example of, the half marathon on the pull-ups, is exactly how we need to approach our innovation, exactly how we need to approach our willingness to try something new, because it's going to be uncomfortable. There's no easy way of building a business. There's no easy way of going through life. The easiest way is to do something small every single day, to accumulate as many wins as you possibly can, so then you'll have that big win down the road. That's what winners do. That's what champions do. And I hope that that, that message and those stories really resonate right now because I don't know if you could tell, but I'm feeling it, right? Like I'm feeling it. I want to stress that so much because it, it's really a powerful concept on the mind and, and the physical being. You really seem to have merged that intersection between a very, very good skill set and, and purpose and, and passion and interest. And with that sweet spot, Jake, trying to really identify the trend or, or the challenge that you're trying to answer with all, with all that for the, for the young draft prospect, for the young entrepreneur, for that young person who wants to be successful. What can you do with all that, with all that skill and all that purpose and all that passion? Of course, of course. So, so here's, here's the way I kind of I interpret what, what you're saying here. And, and the biggest challenge, you know, the biggest challenge that, that I've faced, um, one, of, one of the biggest challenges I should say that, that I've faced is growing up, as you can tell by the energy that I have and, and the desire to be innovative and challenge the norm, I'm very ambitious. I'm very go, 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 right? Always wanting to get to that next level, whatever that may be in my mind. Now, here's, here's where it gets interesting, right? Growing up, I was the smallest kid. I wanted to make the varsity basketball team. I wanted to have above a 4.0 grade point average. I wanted to be in calculus when I got into a freshman year. When I got to college, I wanted to be the president of the sports business club. I wanted to be a sports agent. And I thought that success, I really thought that success for me was going to be becoming the youngest sports agent to ever have a lottery pick, to making millions of dollars, to buying a house, maybe even an island, and then also then giving back, starting to tell my story and inspiring others. But here's what I've really understood about this journey, and that in the pursuit of success, in the pursuit of your ambition and your dreams, you need to pursue that relentlessly, okay? But the challenge comes from enjoying the process in that pursuit. And this is something that I've spent a lot of time working on because I was so focused on getting to the next thing, crossing the next thing off the checklist that I was missing out on some of the incredible experiences that I was actually having and living. And once you can understand and find that, that dichotomy, right, and find where it overlaps between that pursuit of success while also enjoying it and savoring the moments as it's happening that's when you start to create a, a winning life because now you're having fun and enjoying the mistakes, enjoying the times where you're down, enjoying the times where you're having the small wins because you know it's going to get you to a place you want to go. But at the same time, if you never got there, you'd still have a great life. And that to me is one of the most valuable things is to pursue relentlessly 
whatever your definition of success is, while also taking time to enjoy the experience and the journey along the way. Because that's, that's the beautiful thing in life. And that's where you get into the flow state. That's when you get to, to really enjoy, enjoy the creation of, of your life, right? A recurring theme we have on the podcast is often how athletes, people, who, business people who come on and say they've learned from setbacks. Have you learned from any mistakes or setbacks in your career? Man, ton, tons of mistakes. I, 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 don't, I think we're all full with, with plenty of mistakes. Some we'd rather not share and some we'll, 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 we'd always talk about, right? And, and, you know, look, some, some of my mistakes, you know, and, and some have been little, right? Such as like when I first started entrepreneurship, just thinking that this book, you know, hoping this book would be my first book would, would sell millions of copies. And then when it didn't, I was like, oh, shoot, this is way harder, right? And then like, sometimes, you know, when, when I was growing the business and speaking, I was like thinking I could speak to everybody, right? This is one of the biggest mistakes I made in my speaking career when I first started. Because people were like, who do you speak to? And I said, oh, I speak to everybody. I talk to everyone. I have such a great message. And it wasn't that I wasn't confident in it, but I wasn't getting enough books because it wasn't specific enough to the right audience. The minute I found the right audience and exactly who I was speaking to and the transformation I could provide them, that's when the business changed overnight. I started to know who to contact. I started to find the right partners. Everything started to flow and the business started to take off. When we had the combine, right? Was it about every player that we wanted to bring in? No, it was about this group of 24 players that are right on the cusp, that have entered the NBA draft, that are right in that level of two-way contract level, G League level, or high level overseas. Those are the players we're going after. And when I think about tying this into, into business and everything, right, it's about being so clear. Because I've made most of my, stake, my mistakes have been around clarity uh, related to, to the objective. Because the more clear you are, the more clear on the problem you solve, the person you serve, the, the people you want to get to know, the more clear you are on that and the more you've defined these action steps, right? going back to these small, these small actions, these steps of belief, the more you figure that out, the easier it is to make decisions. And the easier it is to make decisions means you have more mental capacity for, for other things, which allows them to create freedom. And so for me, one of, of all the mistakes that I've made what I've really learned from all them is to find the clarity and to be as prepared as possible so that the actions to doing it start to become automatic. And I think that, you know, I think that that's something that as I'm talking about this, I'm like, gosh, like this is, this is really, I have to live that, right? Because it can be hard when you make a mistake or when you create a webinar and only five people show up and you feel discouraged or you, you open a sales page and only one person buys or no one buys, right? And you can feel discouraged. But a lot of times if we take that step back, and we, we figure out how to go through the process while also creating this, this mentality of, okay, could I have been more clear? Could I have been more specific? Did I try to take a shortcut to get to that next phase instead of doing all the steps that I know I really need to do, right? And so for me, when it comes down to all these mistakes, it's about, it's about finding the, the, the commonalities and then, and then working towards them so I can I cannot make the same mistakes uh, moving forward. Was there a moment of clarity, let's call it a lightning bolt, where you really figure out that this is what you want to do? There are a couple moments. There are a couple moments. And, um, and I'll, I, there's, there was an experience I had when I was working with the Los Angeles Lakers. Okay, Now, I was, I was a bottom of the totem pole employee, first year assistant. And I was in the corporate partnerships division. So my main job on game days was to pick all the contestants for all the halftime contests, the half court shot, the meet and greets, all those things, right? And 
I was going down in the elevator just like any other day. And I'm going to go on and tell you guys a little story here. And I'm in the elevator. And I thought it was just like every other day where I'd go down, I'd go into the court, pick up our contestant, walk them out. They do the half court shot. Great. But, but this day completely changed when the elevator doors are about to close and a hand walks in, a hand jumps in. The doors start to open. And the person that walks in was Jerry West. Now, if anyone's listening and doesn't know who Jerry West is, Jerry West is the NBA logo, the guy who the NBA made an icon of, right? He's a Hall of Fame player, Lakers legend. Literally, I grew up in a house of huge Lakers fans that had pictures of Jerry West all over this this room. So Jerry walks in. Now, my heart starts to pound. My heart starts to pound because I'm like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. I'm sitting in the elevator and the guy who's working the elevator, he looks at Jerry and he says, Jerry, what floor? Uh, he doesn't say Jerry. He doesn't know who he is. He says, what floor would you like to go? And Jerry, of course, says, I'd like to go to the event level. He's got courtside seats. I mean, he's Jerry West, right? And all of a sudden, the person working the elevator looks at him. He doesn't see a credential and clearly he doesn't recognize Jerry. And so he says, excuse me, sir, do you have your credentials? If not, I'm going to have to ask you to step off. And then he points at me and he says, because this gentleman has to get down there for work. And I was like, oh my gosh, are you serious? Is this really happening, right? And, and Jerry West, very politely and calmly, he looks at the guy. He looks at the guy and says, no, I don't have a credential, but do you know who I am? And the guy looks back at him, straight face. I'm not even joking. And he looks at him and he says, no, sir, I don't, but I'm going to have to ask you to step off. And I was like, oh my gosh, is this real? This can't be happening. This is unbelievable. And as Jerry starts to get off, I all of a sudden, I gather this courage and, and muster up the strength. And I go, wait, 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 hold on. I point at Jerry. I look at the guy working the elevator and I say, he's with me. I'll escort him down. And, and all of a sudden, the person working the elevator, he looks at Jerry, he looks at me and he says, are you sure? And I look at Jerry, because obviously I know who he is. I, I look at him and I'm like waiting for that nod and the smile. You know what I'm talking about when you're like waiting for someone to like approve what you're doing? And Jerry gives me the nod and the smile. And so I turn back to the person working the elevator and I give him the same head and, and nod and smile. And it's like, and he's like, okay, let's go. So the next 14 seconds, one of the most glorious elevator rides I've ever experienced in my life. Let me tell you, right? We come out the door. We come out the door, the doors open, and we start walking. Now, this, this is where everything, everything happens. This is one of my big moments. As we're about to walk, I'm thinking, oh, man, Jerry must be pissed at that guy. I didn't recognize him. Maybe he's pissed that I stood up for him. Maybe he's angry, whatever. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, right before we're about to separate, he turns at me, sticks out his hands, and he goes, thank you. I really appreciate what you just did for me. And in that moment, in that moment, amongst several other experiences that I had, in that moment though, I realized that it doesn't matter how old you are, how famous you are, how rich you are, that you played in the NBA, that you, whatever, none of that matters. The only thing that matters in this life is that we are all people. And all of us, have the same basic desires to be loved, to be heard, to be complimented, to feel valued, to feel that we matter, and to feel that we belong. And in that moment, Jerry West made me feel like the most important person in the world. Now, does Jerry West remember this experience? Maybe not. Probably not. As a matter of fact, there's no way he remembers this experience, right? But do I remember this experience? Of course. And that led to me always wanting to leave somebody with the same feeling. That it doesn't matter who you are, the actions and the words and, and, and the way you talk and the way you communicate can change somebody's life. I'm still telling that story and I'll tell that story to my kids and to my grandkids hopefully one day. And it all stems from this one truth. 
People are people. And we all want to have this desire. And that moment helped me realize that it wasn't always just about working for the Lakers, being an agent, making a million dollars in that trajectory, right? That was the trajectory I wanted to go on. But it was about making the world a better place, putting more smiles on people's faces, giving people the greatest experiences that they have when they come in contact with you. My word is elevate. The word on my books, elevate beyond, elevate your network is elevate because every interaction I have with a human being, whether it's a podcast, it's in person, I want to leave that person with a feeling of elevation, that they are better than when I found them. And that to me is one of the most powerful things that happened to me and one of the most incredible stories um, that, that I can share with you guys to, to illustrate a pivotal moment uh, in, in my life. Well, that's one of the best stories we've ever heard on this. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Once that happened, what I started to do was when I took these guests down to the court to give them this experience, not only was it now just my job to pick a contestant and to let them perform, but it was now my responsibility in my mind to give them the greatest experience at a Lakers game or any sporting event they've ever had in their life. And this is where it gets really interesting. A lot of people would just pick them, meet them up, meet them at, at, at the, the, the drop-off spot, take them down, and then drop them back off. I started to ask them questions. I started to get to know them. I started to encourage them. I started to get them hyped up. Started to like Everybody was nervous. But I know that some of these people had spent their last dollar trying to get a ticket to see Kobe Bryant in his final season. So I already knew there was so much more at stake than just going to a simple basketball game. I wrote about this story on LinkedIn, one of these experiences that I had. I wrote about this story on LinkedIn, talking about the, how it moved me, how it changed me, and how, how I like learned from it. And I wrote about this experience, and, and the post started getting comments, and people were like excited about it, and they're like, God, I can't wait to try this. And then one comment came in, and I, and I saw it, and, and I got the chills. It was a contestant that I had picked years ago. And that contestant responded, that person responded saying, Jake, I was one of those contestants. Everything you just said is true. I still talk about that experience to this day. Thank you so much for going above and beyond. And that was like, when you actually put things into practice, when you're motivated, when you're inspired, and we actually take these actions, the results that you will find may not happen immediately, but I promise you good things will happen over time. And that, that it's such a powerful lesson to be learned that, that I've been blessed to learn early on and that I try to share with people because I think it can be so relatable um, and so valuable Jake, in people's lives. you're clearly lives. trying to elevate the careers of everyone around you and anyone at the Combine that you come into contact with. Give us a bit more insight into the Combine and what that entails. Sure. So, so I'll break it down what the Combine is, just in case people aren't familiar with, with what a Combine is. But essentially, a, a, the Pro Basketball Combine is, is our event. We call it the PBC for short. And what the PBC is, is it's a two-day event where we gather 24 NBA draft prospects, basically 24 people that have all declared for the NBA draft of that year. And we bring them together into a single location, and we have them compete in three-on-three -three games. We have them compete in like skills drills. We have them do workouts, shooting drills. We have them do like all the physical measurements, such as like vertical jumping, uh, sprinting, all these things. And the goal is to be able to put them on a platform so that NBA executives and scouts and, and G League representatives and overseas representatives can all evaluate them and be able to say, oh, these guys are, are better than we thought. Or, hey, we're just reminded of how good this guy actually is. We need to draft him or we need to bring him into our, into our organization. 
And then we have a team interview component where we actually allow teams to interview the prospects on site, which is one of the most powerful things that we can do because you get that personal touch, right? And that's what the event is all about. And over the last three years that we've had it, we've had over 70 guys come through, contracts in 31 countries. Over 48 of our guys have played in NBA Summer League. We've had over 10 two-way contracts, which has been unbelievable. We had a G League Rookie of the Year. We had a guy who was second in the Rookie of the Year rankings in the actual NBA. So that whole journey has been something that's been so spectacular. But what's really awesome about it, what's really awesome about it in terms of the players and the process is without coming to our event, um, a lot of these guys will do private workouts and their agency might be able to host something for them. But this is their biggest platform be- between the time they graduate or declare for the draft up until the actual NBA draft. And it's one of the best and most intimate settings for these players to compete and really give it, give it, give it a shot. Um, because it's one of their last chances to get put on all the radars that they need. And, uh, you know, we're blessed that a lot of these guys perform. And it's been, it's been a joy to watch these guys succeed at the next level um, and continue their dreams of You'd playing professional basketball. you be acknowledged as a, a high-energy motivational speaker. I mean, it's clear to see that even through a laptop across an ocean, that kind of magnetic, contagious energy is just permeating through I mean, we as physiotherapists have to sometimes lift the spirits of, of the patients, the athletes we work with. They, they sometimes have down days. It doesn't always go to plan. They don't always say get to play the game they, they really want to play. What wisdom could you share with those people, with our listeners, when it isn't going to plan, but this is how you'd elevate and, and lift their energy? Yes, 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 yes. This is so, so important. And let me put it to you this way. We're all going to have those down days, right? Whether you're, you're injury-free or you're going through the biggest recovery that you've ever had, right? We're all at some point in our life going to have not-so-great days. But here's, here's how I kind of like to view it, right? I have, I have two analogies. You've probably heard, heard this in, in the past. One of them is, look, if you want to go to the Hall of Fame in baseball, you just got to hit about 350. If you're at 350, you're going to be one of the greatest players to ever play the game of baseball. That means 65% of the time you're striking out or messing up, right? You're getting out. Here's the other way I like to look at it. And this is going to be how we're going to transition into specifically when people start to have bad days versus good days or they're struggling is, and you guys can tell, right? Like I, I, I feel like I'm a guy that has more positive days than, than not positive days, but everybody goes through down days. And when we do that, what I like to think about as is like sometimes I have that bad day where I don't want to do anything or I want to watch Netflix or I'm struggling or I'm injured and I'm like, gosh, I can't go exercise. I can't play ball or whatever. On those days, I acknowledge that those days are happening. I acknowledge that what's going on. I acknowledge how I'm feeling, but I don't allow that to dictate my belief in what's going to happen in the future. My belief that I will get better. My belief that I'll keep going, that I'll rise above. Right, And when you look at basketball, when you look at the NBA, there's 82 games in an NBA season. In an average season, one of the top seeds in the West or the East, one of the top teams, will win 60 games. 60 out of 82 games, and they will be one of the best teams that given season. That means they will have about 20 to 22 games where they shit the bed, they don't perform, they get outplayed. They compete super hard, but they just don't have enough in their tank. Individual performers may, may stink that day. There may be injuries that cause it, whatever it may be. 
But 60, 60 wins, 22 losses, they're one of the best teams. When we're going through rehab, when we're going through changes, when we're overcoming injuries, we're going to have some of those days. But don't let those days dictate the future days, the future wins, right? And if you want to talk about it, right, to get more specific, one of the things that we talk about when we really focus on our well-being and our outlook on, on everything is that we have to learn to find gratitude in the moment. And the hardest times to find gratitude, the hardest times to savor experiences are when these experiences are on a negative. So here's some actionable things that, that I've done that have helped me increase my well-being when I'm coming from a place of a bad day or something that's, that's out of my control or something that isn't going the way I want it to go. Number one is practicing gratitude. No matter how down things are, there's always something to be grateful for, right? If you broke your leg and, and you broke your, both of your legs and, and both of your arms, well, guess what? You're still alive. I'm grateful for being alive. I'm grateful that I can see and I can smell and I can eat food. You may have to have someone to help you, but you're grateful for that, right? Three things that you're grateful for automatically will boost, will boost everything. It, 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 there's so many benefits of expressing gratitude. And this is something straight up, to be 100% honest, I used to laugh in the face of expressing my gratitude. I was like, ah, oh, no way gratitude is going to help me as an athlete get through tough times. No way. But what I've realized is gratitude has a calming effect. It has an effect on positive outlook. It has an appreciation for the present in the pursuit of something better. So many positive effects. The other thing that I really like to do here is I like to do what I call the, the positive, the 24-hour positive experience. And basically what this is, is that I journal. And what this is, is that when I journal, I write about a paragraph of the best experience that happened in the last 24 hours. And so even if my day was crappy and there was nothing like that stood out, I'm going to find something that went well and I'm going to talk about that in detail. Because what that does is it starts to, starts to prime your brain to seek out positive experiences in even the darkest of times. And once you start to have more and more positive experiences and you associate this and you do this for a couple weeks, well, now your brain starts to just look for experiences that give you that same joy because they know it's, you know it's a positive experience. And so this can really help you appreciate the present even when you're struggling. So those two things are really, really powerful. Um, to, to do when you're down or when you're recovering or when you're not having, you know, an you've A plus day. With some of the athletes you've worked with, you've gotten some of them into the NBA, you've gotten some of them into the G League. Have there been any traits or maybe characteristics that have been common across the athletes that you could identify ones that are going to be successful? Well, obviously you got to be good on the court, fellas, right? Like, like you know, we got we got to have the skills, but look, a lot of guys have skills, right? There's a lot of people that never make it that are better than the guys that do make it. And so what we've seen, right, and this is a little bit different because of where we're at. We're not talking about your lottery picks. We're not even talking about your first rounders. Our guys, our guys are guys that are going to be fighting for a spot and that can have things to prove and continuously want to keep proving and proving and proving. And one of the things that, that I've seen really translate well, and I'll give you an unbelievable example here. And I won't use a name, but one of our players that came to us, he was on paper, the most talented guy that was at the event. We couldn't believe he wasn't moving on or getting drafted or on any radar, like any draft boards. Like he was that good. But he came to our event. And what we found out during that event is that, that people questioned his, his attitude, his work ethic, his, his, the way he carried himself. 
And after, obviously he was a high demand to be interviewed. After that, he had changed the mind of every single person that, that had interviewed him and scouted him. They were like, you know what? This is great. This is exactly what we needed. And it was because of our event and of course his skill set and his agent, and they did a great job with him. But it was that that allowed him to get to that next level at a quicker pace, right? And so the quality that I think is one of the most important things in life and in uh, especially with these performers that are fighting is like, you have to have something beyond the skill set, especially when you're competing for a two-way contract spot, uh, a last roster spot in the NBA, a, a summer league invite, because there's a lot of guys with the same talent. But it's what do you do when other people aren't watching? What do you do that builds the team? What are the intangibles, right? Are you getting off the, off the bench with, with a towel in your hand, waving it up, getting people hyped? Are you putting in the work before and after? Are you helping the best get better, even if that may take up some of your minutes, right? The greatest competitors push themselves and others to be the best. They don't use other people's greatness to, to try to tear it down so they can be great. They build upon that, right? You look at Kobe in the last dance with Michael Jordan. Right? Kobe wanted to go at Michael. Did Michael take it easy on the young guy? No. He pushed him even harder. And because of that, Kobe became better. Positive competition is one of the greatest things that you can have. Secondly, one of the things that I've noticed as well is that communication is so, so key in every aspect of anything that anybody does in their life. When you see basketball players on the court and they're talking, when they're communicating on defense, when they're asking questions, when they're willing to take feedback, when they're willing to be coachable. These are the things that distinguish a guy who's going to have a 10-year career versus a guy who's never going to get an opportunity. These are all skill sets that come into play here. And of course, look, we could talk technical basketball skills and whatnot, but I think right now the most important thing is, is what we're talking about, right? Is these intangible skills, these skills that separate people in every aspect of life, specifically when you talk about sports. You know, and I think that that's something that's, that's really important that sometimes we overlook when we talk about the NBA, the MLB, the NFL, the, the big soccer league, right? We just look at the talent and the people that are scoring the goals and people that are getting the assists and scoring the points and doing all these things. But there's so much more that goes into it. And there's so much more, um, especially for guys that, that end up with a good career. I'll give you an example here uh, specifically on that with, with a little bit more recognition of, of names. One of, one of the players that's on the Lakers currently, his name's Quinn Cook, went to Duke. Now, Quinn Cook, I wouldn't say is the best point guard ever, but Quinn Cook has made a career for himself in the NBA. He worked his butt off. He worked in the G League. He kept growing, kept growing. Now he's on the Lakers, and he's got a chance to win a championship ring this year. He does things, and around the league, everybody loves this guy. He puts in the work. He's willing to do the things that no one else is willing to do. He's a guy that I want on my team. Even if he's not the best basketball player in the world, he's a guy that's going to make the team better, and that's what that's that's something that's so important. And I and I hope that I hope that you guys are feeling that because like and it's I mean, so true. We recently true. had a conversation with Ben Littleton, the author based over in the UK, and he would often talk about the the soft skills, those intangibles that are are difficult to measure, but sometimes make all the difference with success. Yes, I mean it, it's not always about the talent. Sometimes it's mindset, it's perseverance. It's persistence, it's leadership, it's decision making. It's all those it's all those things that come together, kind of like what's happened with Quinn Cook. And Mr. Kelfer, you've really had such an interesting and fascinating journey to date. You've impacted and elevated so many so many individuals, including the two of us here today. 
The big question has to be, if you could roll forward 20, 30 years time and think back to your legacy, what would you like that to be? You know, when, when I think about it, you know, we're, we're, we're just beginning. And I think I'll always just be beginning because there's always a new adventure. Um, when I when I look back at it, you know, when it, when I look back at it for myself specifically, you know, I want to look back at it and say I, I truly lived. I did the best that I could with the knowledge that I had, and when I got new knowledge, I implemented that and continued to be better. I want to be I want to leave a legacy of of somebody that that positively changed the world, that helped people realize that they can be elevated, that they can make a difference. I want to leave a legacy that lets people know that that you know relationships are are the greatest capital we can have right and and so many other things but but I'd say the biggest thing that I that I want to leave when it's all said and done is that one I truly lived and two that I truly made an impact on every person that I experienced and you know when when it's all said and done and I look at I look at it you know and I think you know 30 years even from now 60 years from now 100 years from now whenever who knows who knows what's going to all happen right but when it's all done you know, I want to be able to have, I would love for people to be able to say, you know what? I remember that one time I met Jake. Ah, oh, I remember he put a smile on my face. Oh gosh. I, I remember when I hired Jake, it was one of the greatest speeches we ever gave. And I want, I want to leave that legacy that, that creates an impact way longer than just with the one person that I got to experience, but with everybody else that they get to experience moving forward. Um, and in the, in the next few generations. Well, here we can both only commend you on fantastic nuggets that you've given today it's been enlightening to hear about how you embrace reality humility the points you've given about relationships i think it's only fair if we can ask you one more question that it's the signature question of the show that is what does high performance mean to you jake kelfer love this question come on finish on a banger you guys i I love it i love it um what does high performance mean to me i think i think high i think high performance is is really all about being able to create the lifestyle around your dreams. And when you're performing at the highest level, you're enjoying it, you're being challenged, and you're continuing to rise above the adversity that's in your way. So ultimately, when it comes down to it, high performance is is achieving maximum success, which in my terms is having the freedom to do what I want, when I want, with who I want, and to have a hell of a time along the journey. That's performing at, at a high level and to inspire others to do it as well. And Jake Kelfer, from the two of us here across in Dublin, we'd like to say thank you very much for giving us your time today, your energy, I mean, even your infectious love of life. We, we've learned a lot. I'm sure our listeners and our community will as well. So thanks for joining us on Sleepy Perform Repeat. Man, I, absolutely, fellas. I, I appreciate you. And, and for anyone that's listening, I mean, if you want to continue this conversation or if you have other questions or, or comments, I'd love to get to know you from, from across the globe, wherever you're at. And you can just uh, check me out on Instagram at Jake Kelfer and we can, uh, we can start the convo there. But you guys, I appreciate you. Love the questions. Love being a part of this. And uh, I'm grateful for you guys. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Sleep, Eat, Perform, Repeat, a story of high performance. This was brought to you by Howora, a whole person wellbeing company founded and run from Dublin, Ireland. Find out more at howoralife.com, spelt H-A-U-O-R-A life.com. Please rate, review and share the podcast. Some people want it to happen. Some wish it would happen. Others make it happen. The GOAT, Michael Jordan.